DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher is the author of many best-selling books on the theology and spirituality of St. Ignatius of Loyola. He holds the St. Ignatius Chair of Spiritual Formation at St. John Theological Seminary in Denver, Colorado. Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies, with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. Always good to be back here. Well, it's so good to be with you again, to break open this important topic of struggles in the spiritual life. There are nature and the remedies. I think for many, many people, even though they might have learned through your work about the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola, that to read it, to learn it, uh, it can be a little difficult to actually implement them into our life. So I'm so glad that we're having the opportunity to talk about this book because, as the title says, it can be a struggle. Sure, yeah, that's an, a necessary, actually, part of the of the spiritual life. Um, and actually, uh, many of the struggles that we experience in the spiritual life are a good sign because um, that will not happen in a spiritual life that is not alive and is not growing. So that's one of the principles I think that it's important to keep in mind throughout as we go through this is that if we are experiencing sp- struggles in the spiritual life, fundamentally it means that there is a spiritual life that's alive and growing. Now, obviously, if we don't understand the nature of the spiritual struggle and therefore don't know what to do about it, then the struggles can really hinder and harm our spiritual life. But that, that there is a good sign. And what we'll do as we go through um, the various struggles that we'll describe is to lay out, I think, pretty much a comprehensive map of the various kinds of struggles that we can uh, encounter in the spiritual life so that understanding them, we know what to do about them. And when we go through the spiritual struggles that way, you know, able to name them and using the remedies, then not only do the spiritual struggles not harm us, but they actually help us to grow, which is why God in his loving providence permits them to be part of the spiritual journey. Oh, I think I hear, be aware, understand, take action. Exactly, yeah. So, so much in the spiritual life begins when we notice, you know, when we're aware. Um, What have I been feeling in my spiritual life in the last week or the last six months or the last year? And it's one thing when it's there, because it's always there, the spiritual experience that's going on in our thoughts and in our hearts. It's one thing when that's going on, but we have no idea of what's going on there. We haven't even really noticed it. We may feel the burden if we're talking about a struggle, but it's a very different thing when it's going on and now we're in touch with it and now we know what's going on, which sets us free then to do um, what we need to do to get through it well. So, you know, I'll say here, I know in in previous um, conversations, Chris, I, I always come back to this. This is all about setting captives free. What it will be, uh, I'd say, new and original in this series is that this will be a comprehensive look at the various struggles we may experience, beginning with the most basic, 
things that just have to do with our physical and emotional humanity. And then through the various kinds of struggles that can uh, accompany us along the way to the far end of the struggles where we get into John of the Cross's Dark Nights and things like that. What I love is that when people uh, read the book, or now we'll be going through it um, in this form, at a certain point, uh, a person will say, that's it. That's what I've been experiencing. And um, that particular chapter or that particular issue will be where grace will be for that person. Probably all of us at different points on the spiritual journey will identify with one or another of these struggles. As I've said in other settings, when I've talked about um, discouragement in the spiritual life, what Ignatius calls spiritual desolation, I've never yet in 40 years had a person say to me, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. we all do. And there, there's no, I'm going to say this probably over and over again. There is no shame in experiencing these struggles. There's no surprise that we experience them. That's simply what happens in living the spiritual life in a fallen, fallen, yes, but redeemed and loved world. And then as you've uh, so quickly indicated, what makes all the difference is to be aware of what's going on be able to name it, understand it, and then in this case, take action to reject it. I really like the layout of this particular book. I like it so much because it's really, can we say, an accompaniment of to so many of your other works on the spiritual exercises. And what I mean by that is that it's very practical. It is told in the experiences and story form of individuals And as you pointed out, oftentimes when we listen to someone else's experience, when we're listening deeply, something in their experience pings our heart. And it's a nice practice when we have to implement those teachings in our own life because we've seen it addressed, as it were, and in others. Yes, so these various characters, and I call them just by ordinary names, John, Paul, Beth, Julie, and so forth, they are what I would call um, reflected examples of what we all experience. So there is no concrete individual by that name, Mm -hmm. but what they do is to reflect what we all experience in the spiritual life. So that seeing that, and and it's kind of like just holding up a mirror, you know, to what we all experience, so that seeing it concretely like this, as this person struggles in one way or another, we can say, I, I know it, I know what she's going through, I know what he's going through, I've been there. And then in the second part of the chapter, we supply the uh, identification of the struggle and then the remedies that we need for it. Oh, in the very beginning, I right there in the beginning of the prologue, you mentioned it in as well in the introduction. You chronicle the lives of many saints, so many who have indeed struggled themselves, um, whether it's Elizabeth Lassur or Teresa of Avila, that it's really comforting to know that there are those who have been on this journey who have had the same experiences as we have and were able to overcome them. And I think just think that's so helpful for us. Yeah, that's a great place to start with this because, all right, the book is entitled Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies. So, of course, it does deal with various struggles in the spiritual life, but it is not fundamentally a book about struggles. 
It is a book about freedom from struggles. Uh, and the only reason we go through and and identify the various struggles is to show the path toward uh, freedom from them. But I would like to begin, as you suggested in the uh, in the prologue of the book, because before we look at struggles, there's a, a more a fundamental question. If we're living the spiritual life, and I'm sure that anyone listening or watching is, there's a reason why we do that. Because there's a strength, a joy, a love, a life, a grace, a sense of purpose, of truth um, that draws us to that spiritual life. So before we look at struggles, let's look at the spiritual life in itself and the the deep reason why we want to live the spiritual life. And I've done that, as you suggested, concretely by looking at various spiritual figures. So I'd like to go through those, if we may. Um <clears throat> And uh, the first of these is Raisa Maritain, who was a wonderful woman, a spiritual figure, the wife of the Catholic philosopher Jacques Maritain. And at this point in her life, she's developed a very deep spiritual life. And on this particular day, she uh, goes to Mass, and then she begins to pray. And she chooses to begin her prayer by reciting the Litany of the Sacred Heart but she never gets past the first invocation. And so in her diary, which her husband published after her death, she writes, At the first invocation, Lord have mercy, obliged to absorb myself, my mind arrested on the person of the Father. Impossible to change the object. And you can just hear the beauty of this experience as she experiences uh, so deeply the love of the Heavenly Father. Sweetness, attraction, eternal youth of the Heavenly Father. Suddenly, keen sense of his nearness, of his tenderness, of his incomprehensible love, which impels him to demand our love, our thought. Greatly moved, I wept very sweet tears. Joy of being able to call him Father with the great tenderness, to feel him so kind and so close to me. Now, we're on very holy ground there, so we approach that with reverence. But if you, if we ask, why do we want to live the spiritual life? Well, there's no commentary needed on the answer <clears throat> in terms of what we've just seen. What you just described is so beautiful. I'm so grateful that we have that writing. Isn't it possible for us too, Father Gallagher, to have something so similar, so beautiful that we just don't want to let it go. We want it to last forever. And then, well, it just doesn't. But then again, it kind of does. They do end in one sense, let's say in terms of time. So how long did she spend in that experience, you know, that morning praying a certain number of minutes? Um, but they don't end in their effects in what they work in our hearts so when that experience is concluded, and let's say she now returns home, if she was in church when she was doing this, the love, <clears throat> the love of the Heavenly Father, his closeness, his tenderness, his warmth, that remains with her. In theological terms, what she's experiencing is actual grace. There are two fundamental kinds of grace, which is always a gift of God. Sanctifying grace, which is an ongoing quality of our soul by which we are in ongoing communion with God. And then actual grace, which God gives in specific times, measures, and moments, as his love knows we need them, which uh, do not persist. They remain for a certain amount of time. Uh, 
Uh, and then that grace is complete, but the effects of it, the strengthening of it, the encouragement for the spiritual life, the clarity that it's brought, the sense of being loved and so forth, those effects, which are the reason why God gives the actual grace, they remain and strengthen the person. So what we're really talking about here, if we want to put an Ignatian term on it, is spiritual consolation, that uplift of heart on the spiritual level that so blesses us. And the reason I'm quoting this here is just to make the point, uh, long before we even look at struggles, the deeper thing is, why do we live the spiritual life? Why do we want it? We'll return to Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there, or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks, and God bless. A Prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, Tune in and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. We now return to Struggles in the Spiritual Life Their Nature and Their Remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher. Well, let's look at another experience. This is the um, American, sort of French-American uh, author, uh, Julian Green. And uh, he has returned to his uh, apartment, and uh, it's in the evening, and he takes up the Bible, and in his journal, he describes what happens. In the corner of one's room, when the day is closing, when the sounds of the city and of life die down a little, when in us lies the silence of twilight, where God is perhaps more perceptible than at other moments, this is the time to open the Bible and listen to what it is going to say to us. To talk to God with a heart warm with happiness, how he must love to be known, how he must love to be told that he is loved. And the more we tell him so, the more he loves us. So that's just... Again, we're on holy ground here. Let's just image this man after the activity of the day, back in his apartment alone. The, the darkness of evening has fallen. 
and he he hears the sounds of traffic, uh, but it's all subdued now. And in this moment, he picks up the Bible, and he reads it with a heart warmed, as he says, with happiness. And then there's actually an exclamation point in what he says, how how he must love to be told that he is loved. And the more we tell him so, the more the love grows between us. So again, why do we live the spiritual life? And no more commentary is needed. Let's take a third example, and this is from the servant of God, Elizabeth Lazar, whom I know we've quoted in other contexts. And on this particular day, she has gone to confession and then gone to Mass and received communion. And then she writes, Those moments were completely and supernaturally happy. I felt in myself the living presence of the blessed Christ, of God himself, bringing me an ineffable love. This incomparable soul spoke to mine, and all the infinite tenderness of the Savior passed for an instant into me. Never will this divine trace be effaced. Now, again, with reverence uh, here, this just makes the point that we made earlier. So the grace of that particular morning when she goes to confession and receives communion at Mass, and there's such joy and warmth in her heart, and the infinite tenderness of the Lord for an instant enters her. That moment will pass. She will leave church and return home. But something will never pass. Never will this divine trace be effaced. The triumphant Christ, the eternal word, he who as man has suffered and loved, the one living God took possession of my soul for all eternity in that unforgettable moment. Now look at the fruits of this. I felt myself renewed to my very depths by him, ready for a new life, for duty, for the work intended by his providence. I gave myself without reserve, and I gave him the future. And then later in the same journal, I had spent the morning in a state of extreme prostration. She had many physical ills and sadness. During the day, I went to confession, and I was at peace again. I seemed to be, and indeed I was, renewed by a strength other than my own. The feeling of forgiveness and spiritual renewal in the sacrament of penance is a wonderful thing. And I'm going to um, be disciplined here because I'd love to spend a lot of time on this, the, uh, the place that the sacrament of confession can have. I'll just say personally, as the years go by, I love this sacrament more and more. And right now I mean receiving when I go to confession, precisely because of what Elizabeth says here. And yesterday morning, I went to communion in the same peace and the same abandonment to God. Now, what about living a life like this? You see, the sense of purpose, the clarity, um, living in the truth, and uh, opening ourselves to a strength other than our own, greater than our own, as Elizabeth says here, and all the the energy, the joy, the purpose, uh, the life that this brings. I felt Christ Jesus truly living in me, and now I want to become different, to be wholly Christian, with all that that word means of forgetfulness of self, strength, serenity, and love. Teresa of Avila, speaking of Jesus, whoever lives in the presence of so good a friend and excellent a leader, 
who went ahead of us to be the first to suffer, can endure all things. The Lord helps us, strengthens us, and never fails. He is a true friend. Why do we live the spiritual life? St. Bonaventure is speaking of growth in prayer. Here is such quiet and peace that the soul is, in a way, established in silence and is asleep, as if in Noah's ark where tempests cannot reach. And then from uh, St. Thomas Aquinas um, talks on the, the creed, nothing in this life can fulfill our desire. And you know, we know that. For a time, but not deeply and forever, not as deeply as our hearts desire, Nothing in this life can fulfill our desire, nor can anything created satisfy our desire. If we just possess that truth, only God satisfies. Solus Deus Suficit. There's three words in the original Latin. Solus Deus Suficit. Only God satisfies, and he infinitely surpasses all else. Whence our heart can only rest in God, as Augustine says, quoting his, his famous words, you have made us for yourself, Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. So th that's why we live the spiritual life. Um, because of the purpose and the joy and the truth out of which we're living our lives. Now, as we live it, along the way, there will be struggles. They're not the main thing in the spiritual life. Through the words of these wonderful men and women, we've just put into words what is the main thing. But there will be struggles along the way. And in fact, Jesus told us in a, in a broader uh, way that uh, if anyone would be my disciple, let him, let her take up his, her cross daily and follow me. Not alone, uh, with him. But that there be struggles along the way, sure. And why does God permit them? He permits them because if we go through them well, we will grow. Some of the growth we experience in the spiritual life comes from joyful moments like those we've just witnessed, beautiful growth, and you've seen them. I want to be wholly different and, uh, and so forth. I want to be completely Christian, ready for a new life and so forth. But in God's providence... Other kinds of growth, normally speaking, only come through struggle, through facing struggle and facing it with the wisdom that our tradition offers us with the power of God's grace and some courage on our part. Other kinds of growth, and sometimes even the most significant growth uh, in our spiritual lives will come. All right, but there are the struggles, and if we can learn from our tradition to identify them and know what to do about them, then beautiful things happen in the spiritual life. That's why I wrote the book, and that's why we're doing this set of conversations. Father, if you wouldn't mind, I just want to read some of the last lines from the prologue from the book that I think are so beautiful. When you write, struggles are not the heart of the spiritual life. God's love is. His deep, warm, faithful, and personal love for you. That is the center. That is the source of our joy. Yes, the most fundamental thing would have been missing if we just started with the struggles. 
with the fundamental thing in place. And actually, it's what St. Ignatius calls the principle and the foundation, the principle from which everything else flows as a consequence and the foundation on which everything else is built in the spiritual life. This deep truth that God is there, that God loves us, that he offers us communion with him, that he pours out strength and grace upon us, that he clarifies the reason why we're in this world and what lies ahead in eternity. So that's that's the foundation, that's the principle. And on that basis, now we can start to look at the struggles. Before we do that, Father, just before we jump into those next set of conversations, there may be those out there who are uh, struggling and they also have this great desire for those who they love, um, those who are good friends, co-workers, spouses, to experience the same things and to learn the same things that we do so that we can go on this journey together. But it's important for us to kind of keep that in perspective that we really need to focus on ourselves first because we really can't give what um, we don't have. And that we have to really learn how to be aware, understand, and take action before we can really effectively help others. Yes, that, that's really true of, about the spiritual life. There's the old saying that no one can give what he, what she does not have. Um, and the more we, we live this spiritual life ourselves personally, uh, the more we're going to be able to share this with others. It's one of the things that I've been so conscious of. As I mentioned, it's about 40 years of priesthood now that I've been studying, writing, teaching, sharing uh, all of this. But at the heart of it has to be my own spiritual life and uh, the help that I've gotten from spiritual directors over the way, over the years to understand this in myself. Actually, a lot of what I share comes out of just noticing what, what happens in my own experience. Uh, and there's a lot of that in, in the book here. So yes, the more each one of us is dedicated to the spiritual life, lives a life of personal prayer, gets as close to the sacraments as uh, he or she can, uh, really tries to live his vocation, her vocation as a call to holiness, whether it's in marriage or the single condition or priesthood or religious life, then, then the more we're going to be able to help others. It's that basic principle that the closer we are to God and the more we love God, then um, the more we're going to, well, we'll have more to share, but we'll also want to share it more and we'll share it with more joy and with more fruit. We'll continue our conversation with Father Gallagher in our next episode. You've been listening to Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com, or you can find it in the free Discerning Hearts app. You can also view the video of this presentation by visiting the Discerning Hearts YouTube channel. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, 
please consider a charitable donation which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher.